I'm Dan Beyer. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello. Good afternoon. What's going on? Whoa. Whoa. I'm not used to hearing that voice. Hi, AJ. This makes me feel uncomfortable. Is your headset not working? Yeah. By the way, welcome back from uh, <laughs> Greece or wherever you were at. Greece? No. Uh, <laughs> I did start with a G. Uh, I was in Guatemala for yes, a week. Yes. I was on Jeopardy last time. I missed that one. <laughs> Greece, Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, welcome back, dude. Look, I like John Russell. He's a nice guy. Looks like Bill Paxton, the old uh, big God bless his soul, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I really missed you. No, you didn't. I did. I'm You're serious. thinking, I have a week free. No, I can... No, a week free? I was with John Russell. Do my thing. He's... he's No, I have a week free. My foot. <laughs> I don't have anything free. <laughs> uh, anything big happened while I was gone? Uh, <laughs> Well... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes. No. Maybe. Right, so. Who won? I want. I want to know who won the cornhole championship that was going on on ESPN when I left. Uh. Yeah. Team A won the uh, cornhole championship. Uh. They threw a lot of bags into the hole. Uh. It was. It was impressive. It was impressive. You know, a lot of streets. It was. It was part of my pick six. Well, guess what? Our pick six was pretty much so, nullified because two of my guys were out I need anyways. To know. I need and then to know. you picked under for both of them. So I was like, wait, this doesn't even count then. And then I lost my pick six to John Russell. Clayton Kershaw was the only one that really, the only one that really came through for me. Everyone else was just garbage. So uh, we're actually going to retire the pick six activity. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no, we cannot. It is a full court press tradition now. Uh, we got tickets to give away, by the way, uh, for the the basketball tournament, which comes up this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, featuring uh, there's three local teams that are going to be featured in it. One's BYU representative, one's Utah representing, and then one's Utah State representing with a couple of Utes mixtured in there. Uh, we've got tickets for what, Saturday, for Friday. I mean, the whole shebang. So if the Aggies win Thursday, you get to see them play in the semifinal Friday. And by the way, winner of the Salt Lake Regional gets 25% of the ticket revenue. So go and go get these tickets. The, whoever wins the tickets you're giving away gets 25% of the ticket no, revenue? No, that's not what I said. Eric, see, look, here you go again. Just coming in, walking into the studio like you own the dang place. What? I'm just, I'm just trying nice. to catch up. I've been a little bit out of things <laughs> a for a little while. bit. <laughs> yeah, whoever wins the Salt Lake Regional gets 25% of the ticket revenue that is made at the Maverick Center. Interesting. It's really an interesting concept. It is. To get... Uh, former players involved, so they can still do, you know, play the sport that they love. So people who know who they are, and kind of test their skills in a little bit different environment. Yep. Certainly, I think some skill sets play better in a tournament like this than others you know, in a college game. But uh, <laughs> still, kind of interesting to see some of the players that you liked watching in the college game still active, doing some things, and a chance to get a little scratch, you know, in it if they do well. 
And if you go to Chicago and win it, you win two million. So really, uh, say, yeah, uh, that'd be nice. That's not a scratch. That's a gash. Yeah, that's which would be pretty incredible. Sweet. Uh, Mount West Conference football. So how are you we, giving those tickets away? Uh, yeah, we need to discuss that because we really didn't talk that much in the prep room. It's awesome when you do show prep on the air during a live show. Okay, we'll. Uh, well, I can't even see if my phone's ringing, dude. So I don't know how we're gonna do this. <laughs> so we might have to do it via Twitter, through your Twitter, <gasps> or we could do it through the Facebook. Oh yeah, we have uh, MySpace. We, <laughs> we we do have a Facebook page for 1069 the fan. Facebook.com slash one oh six nine the fan. Pretty clear cut. And uh we would like way. to grow the following there. How many people are connected with us there? It's a great way to interact with uh with our audience. It's a great place for you to leave comments, uh show topic ideas, interview suggestions. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, love to get the feedback. And when we, we do, do our pick we sixes, do read like them, how would you vote list, and things yeah. like that. So uh, let's do it through there. Okay, fine. We'll do it through Facebook uh, by one well, question. Oh, I got, actually, I got a couple ideas. I'll talk to you at break. I've got a really good idea. Saucy idea. Mm. It includes sauces? Or yes. it's just it's saucy. Okay, so stay tuned, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. So we'll be having some ticket giveaways. Yes. It's always fun to give stuff away when you're on the radio. All right, so Mount West Football Media Days is tomorrow. Uh, well, begins tomorrow. Utah State's division, uh, at least that side of the conference, will be tomorrow. So Utah State will be featured in it. Uh, Craig Hislop's down in Las Vegas. He's going to be sending us all the audio, and then we'll have Craig, Craig Hislop on tomorrow to talk about the first day of Mount West Football Media Days, his takeaways, things that stood out to him, comments from coaches and such. It's Media Day Eve, Ajay. It is media. Can I mean, you, we are we are, we are on the cusp of football season. Next Thursday is the first day of fall camp. And then two Mondays from now, we are staring at a first two-hour show coming back. Because there will be so much content to get through. It's unreal. Because we're, we're going to have player interviews, yep. coach interviews. We'll yep. be gearing up for high school football. Uh, the other high the sports that get underway in the fall, because um, you you got USU, you got volleyball, you mm-hmm. got soccer, so a lot of fun things are going to be getting underway, um, and we're just a few weeks away from it. It's really starting to ramp up. I can't believe we're already there. It feels like yesterday, we're like, oh, okay, we get a little bit of a break, quote unquote. We have a one hour show, but you know, it's it's going to take a little bit of tension off of you. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at the calendar, and I'm like, man, in two Mondays. Kiss your wife's goodbye. I mean, it's over. I mean, we're back right back at it, full grind, giving you the best Aggie coverage. Anybody in the state. In fact, I saw a tweet today from a good man, Eric Walker. I love that guy. And he tweeted out, you know, SL media coverage is all about Virginia more than schools outside of BYU and Utah. You don't have to worry about. We've known that for a long, long yeah. time. Why some certain people with like big responsibilities with other like who gets rights and whatnot, don't understand that. But we've always understood what's really important in our wheelhouse, I'm what people here want to hear about, uh, because we talk about the Aggies, although those who have the rights don't. But, Aaron, um, stop it! But yeah, no, it's right, because you don't get... Our whole focus is to put the Aggies first and foremost. Which because we be. know that's what this audience in this valley yep. wants, wants, and so that's hear. what we're going to do. So that's what we're going to provide for you. And we'll also give you the best high school football coverage. Region 12 is gearing up for another really exciting season. Uh, Green Canyon is now looking for a new quarterback, from what I've been told. Uh, There is a transfer going from one school to another who's a key basketball player. We've got some major delicious high school coverage coming up. Well, you've had so many coaches change from last year to this year, even though they're 
from here. I mean, there you insert one new coach. And there's others that are. It's amazing. We're at one school and now they're at another. So uh, the rivalries and the intrigue and the games within the games. It's going to pick up quite a bit yeah, here. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so, like I said, we'll give you the best coverage that we could possibly give you that anybody can give you on the Aggies and, of course, all your coverage for Region 12 High School Sports. Hey, want to first, as you welcome back, Eric, we welcome back Eric Francis. And Eric, I want to ask you, Mike Favero has been named as an offensive analyst, former Logan High great coach, now as an offensive analyst and Gary Anderson. Your thoughts, raw unabridged uh yeah i just just heard that news um when we were getting ready for the show today and i at first i was like whoa really Uh, i think that's great um he is mike favaro is kind of a mad scientist um with offensive football Uh, and i think and don't get me wrong he's a good defensive guy too um that's where he got started uh in football but i i think that what he was able to do at Logan High, considering his what resources he had available to him, was phenomenal. Uh, he won state championships, or he was at the state championship game, and he always had very competitive teams. And he was doing that because he found out ways to make the most with what he had. Uh, and sometimes it was because of the system that he ran, uh, but he found ways to... Uh, prepare his teams in ways to exploit what other teams were doing defensively and with with success. So some might say, look, this is a high school guy and he's going to be your offensive analyst for college. It doesn't always translate. And I, I get that, but bright minds, if you get an extra set of eyes and uh, with a unique perspective of, look, football is football. And... Uh, there are yes, there are different wrinkles that you can throw into things and, and be deceptive and and uh, try to hide some things or do things add wrinkles that can be hard to figure out. But I, I've always admired Coach Mike Favero as a very bright football mind, and I think that's a a really interesting move for Utah State to tap into that. Um, there were many times when football at Utah State was really bad that people were saying, "Why doesn't?" Brent Guy, <laughs> look at uh, bringing on a guy like Mike Favero to help him out because he needs help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there there have been quite a few people at Utah State University over the years who have had communication with or had their eyes on Mike Favero for the type of football mind that he is, and uh, seems like it, I think that could be a really interesting fit to see what he does. And now, what a football offensive analyst does what his role is I'm still a little ambiguous on that yeah that's very unclear throughout college football right now but it's becoming more and more of a thing but a lot exactly a lot of major programs do have as of right now an offensive football analyst Alabama Clemson Oklahoma State I mean a lot of these power five programs have actually went that direction and have felt it to be a success according to an article from 24-7 Sports. Uh, and so I, I feel like using someone, especially like a brainiac, like you said, like Coach Favero, who turned quarterbacks like Riley Nielsen, DJ Nielsen, uh, Ryan Bohm, and those guys into All-Americans. I mean, I mean, just All-State athletes. I mean, and I think Ryan Bohm was a, or was it Riley Nielsen was an All-American, if I'm not mistaken, or at least National Gatorade Player of the Year. He was a huge, huge thing. And he was, oh, prayed All-American, excuse me. 
and um, right breaking all kinds of yeah of records, records. In the state. Yeah. you look at Favero and you say you take you tap into that mind that's what I love the phrase you used and you put that towards Jordan Love and his skill set oh my gosh you know what these guys are capable of right now right because it's it's not like Mike Favero he ran more of a kind of a spread offense mm-hmm. uh, but it's not like Utah State is a power run game tight uh, formations, you know, multiple backs, lead blocker, you know, we're just going to overpower you. That That's not how Utah State's been operational, you know, with their offense the last couple of years. And uh, under Gary Anderson, it became more of a spread type offense, the first go around. And I, I suspect it'll be similar to that in the second go around with... Um, with some of the the other members they have on staff offensively, so it with the style that they're they've been doing things, it looks like they will do things. Uh, seems like Mike Favero will fit into that nicely. I would absolutely agree. We'll get you more USU football discussion here later in the hour. Of course, Mountain West Media Football Days it starts tomorrow. Utah State is up tomorrow. You're going to hear it's football from Eve. Football Eve. Uh, T. Penalier will be uh, is there. Jordan Love is there. David Woodward is there. Uh, I think Savon Scar. Look at the list. I think Savon Scarver is there as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you'll hear from, and then of course you'll have Coach Gary Anderson. You'll hear from them, and also all the other teams. We'll have all the audio for you, and we'll break down the most important sound bites. And you know what starts to come out this week for the Mountain West? You've got the preseason. All stuff. the awards, the polls. Yeah. So we're gonna do our own. Well, let's do our own. I like it. Uh, before the like Mountain it. West makes theirs official, well, we'll let you know if it was all up to us who we would name as your preseason offensive player of the year, preseason defensive player of the year, uh, preseason special teams player, and then our own Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Mountain West poll. And we won't be as naive as the Mountain West is when it comes to this stuff. No offense, Mount West, but <laughs> offense. Uh, really quickly, though, before we get on to all that, I got to talk about this Fever Roster thing for the USA men's team, who is uh, going to go to the Fever World Cup Championship to defend their title. They're doing it without a lot of key players. And when I say key players, uh, they've lost Anthony Davis, James Harden, Eric Gordon, CJ McCollum, Bradley Bill. Let's see. And then also out, and who is already expected to be out, was LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, Blake Griffin, Paul George, and Kyrie Irving. So right now the list still has guys like Damian Lillard, as of right now, who said he's sitting on the fence about his decision, and he said he'll make that decision within the next two days. Kevin Love kind of in a similar boat. And as is Kemba Walker. So the names that are starting to come up right now, at least the depth chart looks like this. For guards, Lillard, Walker, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Lowry. Wings? Chris Middleton, Tobias Harris, who, by the way, just dropped out. He's out. Jason Tatum, Harrison Barnes, P.J. Tucker. Also, Jason Tatum is questionable to participate. Kevin Love has dropped out. Andre Drummond, Miles Turner, Kyle Kuzma, Paul Millsap, Brooke Lopez are in as of right now, though there was rumor that Brooke Lopez is going to be dropping out as well. So, Eric, my question to you, is this FIBA thing as as important as it used to be? And are we losing steam? And if so, why? Uh, the FIBA World Cup isn't that important. I, I think it's look. We want to make sure we we still qualify, you know, for for the Olympics. We still want to make sure we show up, show well in a world stage. Um, 
but the, the Olympics is the big one. And uh, if this were an Olympic year, I don't think you'd see so many guys backing out. Uh, I think that there's been a lot, as we've talked a lot about, there's been a lot of change, a lot of guys moving places. Uh, I think that there's a number of these guys that are, they're just trying to figure out you know, where they're going to be. They're still got to figure out housing. They got to figure out their off-season plans with a, a new place. Maybe they already had some plans already scheduled with uh, camps that they're doing or whatever. Who knows? But uh, certainly it, it's an honor to be invited to participate on a world stage, but I don't know that it's uh, uh, that critical. I think some of the older guys start to look at, look, what what's my what's my load management, quote-unquote, for the whole year? And uh, what what am I what do I need to do in the off season to make sure that I'm fresh for a full season and even a postseason run? So how important is it to me to do some international ball when what would really be important is to be healthy in May and early June? So I've heard from several well I haven't heard, but I've read that several players who went to participate with the national team have actually came back to be better players for their own team because of the talent they played with. And by the way, the coaching staff features guys, well, the head coach, of course, is Greg Popovich, but then you got Steve Kerr and Lloyd Pierce as assistant coaches. And so the coaching, to be able to spend a whole entire summer with someone like Greg Popovich, who, by the way, has just hired Tim Duncan, uh, the uh, legendary sure Hall of Famer. Uh, Tim Duncan will be on his assistant staff. In fact, he'll be on the bench alongside uh, Becky Hammond and and Coach Popovich. But you get to spend a whole entire summer with them to learn about how to play the the game of basketball in a more in-depth, in a more intelligent way, high IQ at the the highest pillar. But you're right. You said that, I mean, these guys want a chance to be able to integrate themselves with the team and to be able to get better and to stay healthy and to rest their bodies. So in saying that, Donovan Mitchell right now, as it sits... If Marcus Smart and D'Angelo Russell, who are being looked at as candidates of the team, if Donovan Mitchell does move up on that list and becomes one of maybe not the starting but the backup point guard, are you saying to Donovan, hey, look, take it off. Don't worry about international basketball. Focus on getting ready for this upcoming season. Are, are you worried no, about that? No, for him, he's young enough that I think that the opportunity to train with and play with not – necessarily all of the best players in the NBA, but a good selection of really good players in the NBA is a, it's a very valuable experience. We, If you remember, Gordon Hayward did this a few years back. Uh, in his early time with the Utah Jazz, he was invited similarly to participate. He didn't end up making the final roster, but, uh, but he came back describing what a great experience was it for him to learn, hey, you... Cause well, he saw what work ethic was like, how these other players approached the game, how they approached their their diet and sleep habits. And for a young player, I think that's super valuable because you, you get into a situation where you go to your team and you hear from your team guys and that's all you know. And you th- maybe some of these young guys question, am I getting really the best advice? Uh, is it better somewhere else? And then you go work out with some of these other guys, and maybe you learn that it is better somewhere else. Or maybe you learn that, you know what? The people that are giving me advice are actually pretty smart, 
And uh, I, I'm going to follow that advice a little bit more. So I think it, for Gordon Hayward, it was a good experience for him to see, look, this is how, these are the guys that are the superstars of the league. This is what they do behind the scenes that make them so good. If I want to be at that level, this is what I need to do. And I think that could be a similar experience for Donovan Mitchell. I think if Donovan's put on this roster and given a chance to play, which I would imagine he would be based on what the roster, at least the guard line looks like, even with Kemba Walker on it, uh, he's going to have a very significant role and he's going to be very productive. I think, yeah, I, I really think with do. He's the way it's good, shaping Eric. up, he'll get minutes. Absolutely. I would, I could not agree with you more. Again, Damian Lillard is on the fence, as is Kevin Love. I believe, in fact, Kevin Love looks like he's going to be out of it. Um, so there's still a ton of roster doing, to, I mean, or at least roster fixing to do uh, with all these guys taking off. So the FIBA World Cup, it's, it's going on in Asia, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And it's September 1st through the 15th. Yep. So that's where some why some people are backing up because that's getting it a little too close to when your Pre-season veteran fall camp gets camp. going, and so that's why some players are are kind of backing out. They get it got it's pushed back a little bit later than normal. The other thing too is that the World Cup schedule generally got changed and it got pushed back a year. It used to be the FIBA World Cup would be uh, one year, then you'd have an off year, and then you'd have the Olympics. And then you'd have an off year, then you'd have FIBA World Cup. So they would kind of alternate. You'd have some time in between. Now it's going to be FIBA World Cup this year and Olympics next year. And so that's if you're going to be committed to do both, that really is kind of a lot of international play in successive off-seasons. That that can add up with travel, practices, uh, exhibition games with other teams to get you ready. So uh, this... Team USA, they're going to go play some exhibition games in Australia as tune-ups before they actually do the FIBA World Cup in the first part of September. So that's, I mean, that's three, four weeks that these guys have to be committed to do this. And it's not that, I mean, it's not uh, very far from when teams are starting to report for their fall camp. So there's not much downtime in between. So that's that's another reason that some of the agents or some of the players are kind of saying, you know, that's that's why they're they're backing out. It's not that they don't want to compete uh, for their country; they don't want to be a part of it. It's just looking at the timing. It, it, that's becoming more and more of a challenge. Speaking of preseason coming up, the Utah Jazz have announced uh, a couple of their home games for preseason will be as follows: Saturday, October fifth, versus the Adelaide Thirty Sixers, who by the way have been here before. Uh, that'll be at 7 p.m. Monday, October 14th, Sacramento Kings. Wednesday, October 16th versus the Portland Trailblazers. All games at 7 p.m. All at Bevin Smart Home Arena. And that's part of the Jazz preseason home schedule. Uh, you know, one thing I do like about about that FIBA thing, and I've already talked about it, is it's just the talent is always getting better around the country. I mean, we we all remember the 92 Dream Team who just ran steamrolled over everybody. The 2008 team did pretty much similar thing. Uh, so the talent around the country, or excuse me, around the world, is getting better. So these games are no cakewalk for no. any of these. For no, any, it's a great, team. great tournament. Because you, you've got so many international players in the NBA that are really good. And then the, some of the players that they have representing their country are playing in other leagues that are not bad. And so you're right. The, the international play has improved a, a ton. It's not a cakewalk anymore. Um, 
And Spain has always put together some really good teams. France is improving a lot. Uh, Australia could be really interesting. With we're seeing more and more Aussies in the NBA. Uh, we've seen team like I don't think we see it so much now, but there was a stretch there where Argentina and Brazil was putting together some interesting teams. Um, so uh, Croatia has got a lot of good players. So uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting tournament. Uh, I always like the, these international tournaments because you see a lot of great NBA players participate, and some guys are kind of marginal get marginalized on an NBA squad sometimes, but and you kind of forget about them. But then when they go play for their country, they're playing for their country and they're amped and they have a, an important role to play and they they play a lot. They sometimes play a lot better for that team yeah. than you see them play in an Absolutely. NBA team. Oh yeah. I remember when I first saw Patty Mills play for the Australian team. Yeah, I mean, he came from St. Mary's, of course. Kid was a baller at St. Mary's, and I felt like he got so much better playing with that with his country's team. Just he looked so much more comfortable, and that's sometimes kind of what it can do. Is when you're playing with guys who are the best in your country, it makes you a better basketball player. And I feel like that can be the same. Like I said, it could be the same said for for Donovan Mitchell. If he goes and plays for this, I mean, you're playing with. Like I said, I mean, come on. The roster's ridiculous still without the high-tier names. You're still playing with some of the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah, so I hope Donovan, it looks like he's getting just the way that the addition by subtraction for him, <laughs> just because his guys keep dropping out, it, it improves his opportunity. But, um, uh, yeah, I hope he takes advantage of it uh, and makes the most of it. I think what every coach, team owner, team president worries about is when these players go outside of their quote unquote control, and you never know if some injury might happen, uh, extended wear and tear on these oh, guys' yeah, you bodies. Never know. Yeah, you never know. And some uh, for a lot of them, they'd rather that these guys just wrap themselves in bubble tape and you know bubble wrap and just stay home somewhere uh, in their practice facility and, and and not risk getting injured somehow. So there is that risk. It is out there. It's inherent, but. At the same time, it's an opportunity for them to improve their own brand and the brand of the NBA and brand of these players. Uh, and that, uh, look, we've got a guy that's on our roster who's representing our country and he's playing well for Team USA. All right. That's enough basketball talk. You ready for football talk already? Yeah. I Unreal. Let's do it. We are. We're at Mountain West Media Football Days. begins tomorrow. It is Mountain West. I guess it's Football Eve, as you like to say. Uh, today... Uh, so we will give you our predictions on awards for Offensive Defense Player of the Year, Special Teams Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and our preseason poll of how the Mountain West is going to gonna shake out from our prediction. That's all coming up. Eric Franson's back. That's right. That's the reason to not turn your dial any other directions because Eric Franson is back. And to my knowledge, I did not bring back any parasites. So I'm, that makes me happy. Let's go to break. <laughs> 1069 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. You probably think I was psychotic. Eric Franson, he's back. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the Phantom Audrey and Welcome back to the Full Court Press. However, wherever you are, currently 431, our time on the second break. Uh, football, streaming online. Streaming online. 
1069thefan.com. Thank you. Uh, uh, you find our podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, and all, and, and all podcast platforms. Yes. I need to go back and listen to uh, how, how bad you messed things up while I was gone. Uh, you know, if, if I need to fix anything, everything was great to the interview, and then the issue interview, any I just corrections or apologies. Oh my gosh! You know, I'm so glad you're my critiquer. <laughs> I'm so. Everybody grateful. needs a coach, AJ. Everybody needs even a coach. Michael Jordan had a coach. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't have a coach. <laughs> even LeBron James has a coach. Ma- no, even LeBron Tom James Brady, is a GM. Even Tom Brady has a coach. Okay. Tom- Okay, that actually might be true. I actually <laughs> give you that one. Mount West Football Media Days begins tomorrow. It is Football Eve today. So tomorrow's schedule for the Media Day is for the West Division, which will include Fresno State, who will have Jeff, Coach Jeff Tefford, uh, Ronnie Rivers, the junior running back, and the defensive back, Juju Hughes. Uh, Hawaii will have, of course, Nick Rolovich, uh, quarterback, and one who is actually competing for that Maxwell Award, Cole McDonald. And then Kamayananana and or Kamayananana Padello, the uh, defensive lineman. I like, yeah, I'd like to hear you try that one more time. Uh, Nevada Wolfpack will have Coach Norvell, uh, Caleb Forsum of uh, wide receiver, Lucas Weber, uh, who's the linebacker. San Diego State will have Coach Rocky Long, uh, Jawan Washington, the running back and linebacker. Oh my heck, Kavaya Tizino. San Jose State will have Coach Brendan. Uh, and Josh Love is the quarterback. Ethan Aguayo as the linebacker. UNLV will have Coach Tony Sanchez, Armani Rogers, and uh, Jevin White. Air Force will be there. Boise State, of course, will be there. Um, Carl State, New Mexico. And then, like you said, Utah State will be there. Jordan Love and Tipa Nallier have been chosen to go there. In fact, oh, no, never mind. Everyone only has two players. Just kidding. Yeah, so Tipa Nallier and Jordan Love will be there to represent uh, Utah State. Wyoming. Will be there as well. So that's that's the uh, that's what's going on tomorrow. Hey, have you seen the new Mountain West hype video? Yeah, is it like all peak or something? What it just it? just dropped just a few hours ago. I'm just seeing it now. Yeah, it's the uh, it's at, at the peak. That's what it's called, isn't it? Uh, hashtag at the peak. At the peak. Cool. Yeah, beautiful scenes of Cache Valley and Utah State campus. Hey, by the way, I read this other, wrong. Uh, yeah, other schools and, and their surroundings. So the West Division is tomorrow. The Mountain Division is Wednesday, and the Mountain Division is where Utah State's at. So I read that wrong. I apologize. Forgive me. So Air Force, Boise State, Colorado State, New Mexico, Utah State, and Wyoming is on Wednesday. Fresno State, Hawaii, Nevada, San Diego State, and San Jose State, and UNLV will be on Tuesday. So we will have, by the way, because we have no show Wednesday due to the holiday, so Thursday, we'll have all the audio of Utah State coming up on Thursday afternoon, 4 to 5 here on 1069, AM, The Fan. But it'll be nice tomorrow still to get some of the oh, yeah. insights from players and coaches from the other division. Fresno State's defending champs, man. It, it's As Mountain West has their football schedule, it's on a two-year rotation mostly mm-hmm. uh, with the schools that you face. So we're coming into a new rotation of, of schools that we haven't played in a while. And so we'll be seeing uh, some of these schools uh, and uh, coaches and players that we haven't seen for, for a couple of seasons. So it'll be good to get some fresh perspectives on schools in the West Division. Utah State hasn't played for a couple of seasons. By the way, quick announcement for Utah State football in regards to vacuum business. They've announced two times for Utah State football games. And it's not the one you're asking about. They'll have Stony Brook on September 7th at 5.30 p.m. 
And then their season finale versus Mountain West Foe, New Mexico, will be at 2 p.m. So you're still waiting for the LSU time, which, by the way, as you've already talked about, I think they're going to wait until they see how Utah State does in their first four games. If Utah State is 4-0 and versus what we're sure to be an LSU undefeated squad, you're looking at a top-20 matchup in Death Valley. I'm pretty sure that'll be a night game. I'd be, it'd be crazy that they wouldn't be. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. How they make I, their decisions is uh, – I still haven't figured that out. <laughs> so, Eric, let's get into it. Uh, our Mount West Football Media Days tomorrow, which, as you've already mentioned, uh, pre-break is uh, the chance for those to get their preseason offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and uh, special teams player of the year, as well as the preseason polls out. Uh, where do we start? Let's start with the offensive player. I like that. And we'll work our way down. Okay, sounds good to me. Um, I so I have uh, my person who I've picked, and then I've got my backup. Okay. Oh, good. Just to help. Good. Kind of good, as good, good. Pers- share some perspective, maybe as to why I chose one over the other. Okay. Uh, for me, the preseason offensive player of the Mountain West is Jordan Love. Uh, with what he's done in his first two seasons, especially what he did last year, uh, one of the the best quarterbacks coming back in the Mountain West, sixty four percent. Uh, completion ratio, over 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Yes, he there is a change at the offensive line, and that is going to affect his effectiveness, but uh, he still has guys around him that are going to be good targets. He did lose some key wide receiver weapons, but I think still he's he just he's more polished. He's big in the pocket. He's more mobile. Uh, I, I think he's a very, very accurate passer. And uh, for me, he is the preseason offensive player of the year. My backup to him, the, the, the secondary guy that I debated, but I still went with Jordan Love. Uh, the other guy I was looking at was Alexander Madison, the running back out of Boise State. Great year last year, uh, over 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns. Uh, he led the Mountain West in yards. Last year, he'll be a senior coming back. They won't have Brett Rippon this year, so I think they're going to be relying a lot on him to carry some things until they get that quarterback situation figured out. But uh, for me, Jordan loves my offensive preseason player or preseason offensive player. I put that back. I don't know how you go any other way. I really don't. A guy who amassed so many records last year on this. I mean, he did have a, some great receiving talent. He had an incredible offensive line who kept him clean. Uh, but I think a lot of it can do with Jordan Love. You saw what he did against BYU. Uh, I thought he was incredibly productive against uh, Boise State, to be quite honest with you. And so I like Jordan Love as my offensive player of the year. I don't think it's even close. I don't even have a backup for you. I honestly don't. Because if it's anyone but Jordan Love, it is an absolute crime. And we really do have an issue with the Mountain West then. I really will. I'll, have a ser- I'll write another torse email. Uh and all of a sudden, his name slips from my mind, but the quarterback out of Fresno State, he's going to give him a run. Uh, there may be oh, yeah. some people that will consider him just because of the success that program has had over the last few years. But but uh, for me, it's that, yes, maybe there is a little bit of a USU blue colored lens that I'm looking through, but uh, at the same time, just looking strictly at what are the numbers, what are the situations, who's coming back, what experience do they have? Uh, I've Jordan loves my guy. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't think it's even close. 
Who's your defensive player of the year? You know, it's interesting because Fresno State defensively is a reason why they're picked to be another contender for another Mountain West championship, their second consecutive. I love the defensive backfield, and that's why I love Juju Hughes. I think mm. his Hugh Laster was a huge part of that win versus Boise at Boise. And I think he's I think he's still solid. You know what? Their linebacking core is strong. Their front four on the defensive line is still really good. But I think it's their defensive backfield which caused a lot of issues for San Diego State when they played in there at San Diego when they beat Boise State. Uh, didn't they beat them twice too, if I'm not mistaken? Or they lose, they split that. Lost in the regular season, but then won the championship. I can't remember. But their defense had a huge, huge say in it. I love Juju Hughes. I think he's he, he's a he's a monster. He's five eleven and he's only one eighty eight. But he's got great hands. He's got great coverage. He can stick you with the line of scrimmage. He can play soft and be able to cover up that space. I really, really like Juju Hughes so far. For me, I think that based on what he did last year, how impactful he'll be this upcoming season. And because I think everybody realized how stupid they were. I'm with you. And not getting him some recognition, <laughs> the recognition he deserved. Uh, I'm going with David Woodward. Yeah, you how do should. I not? Yeah, I, I mean, here's a guy that was, uh, he was top 10 in so many different categories. If not, he was right outside the top 10. He was 11th in solo tackles in the Mountain West, he was first in total tackles, he was a top 10, ninth overall. In tackles for loss, uh, he was tenth with five sacks. Uh, he had two interceptions and he had two forced fumbles. And the guy was everywhere. So efficient, such an important part of Utah State's defense, which I think is going to be even better this next year. I think there's going to be a significant defensive upgrade for Utah State mm. in 2019. And he's going to be the anchor. He's going to be the main guy for that. And I think that uh, him not getting the recognition that he deserved last year, people are going to make up for that. Maybe overvote for him. Uh, not to say that he doesn't deserve it, but he may have a little bit of a pendulum swing the other way because people didn't uh, last year. If, if it's not him, the guy I was debating who maybe should get it is Jeff Allison. He's the linebacker at Fresno State. Mm. Uh he also scored very high in a lot of different categories. They are in a tremendous defensive unit for Fresno State. Uh, 72 solo tackles. That was number one overall in the Mountain West. 132 total tackles, ranked only behind David Woodward. Uh, five tackles for loss, two interceptions. So he was a very a solid linebacker for the Bulldogs. And uh, they've got a great defense, a great defense coming back. And he's going to be the anchor for that. But I... I it, David Woodward deserved much more attention than he got last year, and uh, I think not only because there's a sympathy vote because he didn't get the recognition after the season that some might give him preseason, but I think just the type of player he is. I, I mean, I'm going Utah State offensive and defensive, but when I look at it, I, I don't know how I can't. Well, as of right now, uh, for my special teams, you have them. You have Utah State sweeping this team because I think Savon Scarver is the special teams player of the year. He's a preseason All-American. You saw what he did last year on the field. I still remember that uh, ninety was it ninety-nine yard kickoff return uh, against Wyoming that pretty much broke the doors open to make it a twenty-three-seven game and pretty much put a nail in the coffin of that game. Uh, I love Savon Scarver: speed, athleticism, ability, vision. He's got it all, and and he's going to be a great receiver for Utah State, no doubt. 
but he's going to be a vital, and I mean very vital part of the special teams for Utah State Aggie football team this year. Once again, maybe just as much as Dominic Everly, which is saying something for a guy, a kicker who's been as reliable as we've had in recent years. Uh, I had to pick a Fresno State guy, so I didn't let Utah State sweep it due to bias. But I like Savon Scarver. Eric? Uh, it's fair. I thought about him. I, I considered him. I considered Dominic Everly as well. But in the end, I went with Cooper Ruth. Um, uh, he's the place kicker for Wyoming. He was a finalist for the Lugrosa Award. Uh, he only missed one field goal. He was 94.1%, if we want to be specific. Uh, he was perfect from extra points uh, for PATs. And I just... Um, very, very solid contributor for Wyoming, and uh, that kind of success, that that kind of consistency, and he's coming back. Um, I, I have him as my special teams preseason player. All right, coming back, we'll get to our preseason poll. By the way, side note, just to let you know how meaningless these preseason awards are, last year for an 11-2 football team, being Utah State Aggies, in the preseason poll from the Mountain West, only two guys were selected on the all-conference preseason team. Two. Dax Raymond and Dominic Everly. And they win 11-2 later on. So you tell me if it really matters. Eric France and Audrey Salveson will get to our preseason polls all coming up here on 106.9, a.m. The Fan. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Audrey Salveson here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 to 1390 AM. The Fan. Preseason. Football Eve today, as Eric stated. I like that, by the way. We have stop it, damn it, Eric. What have I said? We've had to talk about this. <laughs> you know, you missed it. Gal, man, that's annoying. Uh, preseason football <laughs> polls—they mean nothing. Ours will mean nothing as well. <laughs> but we're gonna have fun putting it out there, nonetheless, and because uh, we don't know anything, but. We're going to have fun pretending that we do. So, uh, yeah, Mountain West preseason polls come out. As we talked about last year, Utah State was preseason, what, seventh? Ninth. No, yeah, seventh. No, yeah, it was seventh because they were ninth in basketball. Sorry. Yeah, both were really bad and both way over exceeded. Uh, so, anyway, we're going to do our best to see how how off we can get with what the actual results might be. We can get <laughs> so, way off here. Uh, preseason football poll, uh, one through 12. Um, who, do you want to go first? Or are you still putting yours together? No, because we had a little bit of miscommunication. Is that no? How it's we're okay. Put these I, I was just looking up for last year to see where it was standing and see where this would be. Uh, why don't do you just want to do your flat out straight up, and then I'll do mine flat. Well, out let's start out with our first couple. I like it. Okay, cool. And then we'll go through the rest of the list. Okay, sounds good. Let's do that. Fair enough. Yep, absolutely. Okay, for me, my number one team coming into uh, this next year is Fresno State. Uh, I just. They've got a lot of talent coming back. Got a great coach, great program. Uh, they have a system going on there. They've had uh, a total revolution with what's happening at Fresno State from where they were a few seasons back, where they were nothing. Um, and 
with what they have coming back, with who they have at the helm, uh, especially at key positions, I've got Fresno State as my number one. I actually have Fresno State as my number one, too, based on everything you said, but especially defensively. Look, no one had really given problems to Boise State's offense until, at least in the conference, until Fresno State came along and then shut them down at Boise State. I had Boise State winning the Mountain West Championship that night, and Fresno State went around and beat them in overtime. So I like Fresno State. Oh, that was a heck of a game. Oh, that was. That was a lot of fun. My number two team, I've got Utah State at number two. Whew. Uh, Maybe a little lofty, I know, because the schedule is significantly more challenging this year than it was last year. But I I like the change with what's happening in the coaching staff. I think it's going to invigorate some new life. Uh, And I think there are are some new players at key positions, but there are enough other good players still that are coming back that uh, I think Utah State's riding some positive momentum coming into the year. I have Utah State as well. I'm surprised you picked them. Wow, really? Yeah, like, here's the reason why. And and it was really close because Boise, look, until you beat Boise, you got to prove something. I mean, you have to go beat Boise, and they haven't beat them since, what, three years ago in that shaklacking Well, it's not, not in Boise. Yeah, it's at home, but problem is, is you played BYU the week before. So you got a rivalry game, and then you got a big, big, big showdown with an opponent that's probably going to ride the uh, Mountain West or Mountain Division Championship to see who's going to be in that Mountain West Conference Championship in two, three weeks. I, I do have Utah State, but I'm telling you right now, it's by a sliver. And you could have, for me, I could have flipped a coin, and I could have took Boise in a heartbeat. Boise State's my number three team. Uh, I've got them right behind Utah State. Uh, I, I was similar with you. I was going back and forth and back and forth. But not having Brett Rippon, I think, is the biggest is reason big for me. While I didn't them. put oh. Boise State at number two, or even not even number one, just there's big question mark. Anytime there's a quarterback change at Boise State, granted, yeah, they always have success. It's not like there's a dramatic drop off anytime they change quarterbacks. But uh, he's been a really, really solid guy there for a long time, and uh, I kind of get the I, I've had the sense that this Boise State machine may be slowing down just a little bit. Uh, I, I think that there's some discontent in Boise with their head coach. Um, I don't know that it necessarily manifests even greater this year or not, but I've got them as my number three. I do have Boise State as my number three, and honestly, they could have been my number two, like I've already said. I just think they're so solid, so well coached, even if there is a little bit of uh, tension within the locker room itself right now. I think they can actually you know, put it together and say, look, we got 12 football games. Let's go win us a bowl game, or let's go win us a Mountain West Conference Championship. Let's go win us a bowl game. I think that they're capable of doing that. Boise is a very, very, very good football team, and just because we get them at home does not mean squat. No. You know, you're right, though. Brett Rippon not being there is huge because he killed us at Boise. If it's another quarterback, we win by 20. Yeah, yeah. Utah State was poised to win that game. He he was able to keep the minute and, and win the game for him. Uh, my number four is San Diego State. Still a very good program. I think they've what they struggle with offensively, they make up for it droves defensively. Um, I, I think they're still a very solid program, well-coached. Um, Rocky Long is going to be back for another season. They do need to figure out some offense, but considering the way I see the rest of the Mountain West, I've got San Diego State as my number four team. I have Nevada as my number four team. I have it based on the fact that they do have some good offense. Uh, defensively, they do lose a few starters, but everybody in the defensive backfield comes back. Uh, and that's a team that's going to be under, well under the radar. I like Nevada at number four. 
I've, I similarly think we should watch out for Nevada. I've got them next at number five for me. I think that they're a team that's on the rise. I like their coach. I think they're a program that's making some pretty big strides. Uh, they're not a, a, a doormat like they used to be. And when they come and Utah State plays them uh, this year, that's not a team you want to overlook at all. Uh, that, that's going to be that's going to be a dogfight. I have San Diego State as my number five, and for all the reasons you already mentioned, they do lose some talent offensively. They need to regain that back. Whether they can or can't, we'll be we'll find out. At San Diego State, they're in like week three of the season. We got two minutes. What do you want to do? You want to take a break, come back, or do you want to? Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then we'll just run through the rest of our list, uh, just uh, six through twelve, and how we think the rest of the Mountain well, West. Sounds they say finish above last place. <laughs> yeah, that's, can anybody beat them to the bottom? That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric Franson's back. Aljay Salveson here, 1069-1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back. Full Court Press. Aljay Salveson, Eric Franson here, 1069-1390 AM, The Fan. We're just going to make it a cold comeback since we got about, well, one minute right now to get through the rest of it. All right, here's my 6 through 12. Go. Uh, So Fresno State, Utah State, Boise State, San Diego State, Nevada. That's my first five. Okay. The rest of it, I've got Wyoming, Hawaii, Air Force, Colorado State, UNLV, New Mexico and San Jose. <laughs> That's about near mine. I got Wyoming, Colorado State. I have Hawaii after that. By the way, Cole McDonald's going to have a rough, rough way to go. Uh, really, I got UNLV, San Jose State near the bottom. San Jose State, I don't think has any shot of, uh, I mean, of winning a conference game. That's my bold prediction. I can give you. <laughs> bold enough. Bold, bold enough. enough. Uh, tomorrow we'll have more about Mountain West. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah. Hey, by the way, with ten seconds left. Um, I, I I love you and I miss you. Go to Facebook and win some tickets. One hundred six nine the fan that. on Facebook. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. When the Open Championship returned to Northern Ireland for the first time since 1951, for those who know the history, it was impossible to ignore the past. It's been a long time coming for a country that loves its golf. Shane Lowry is not from Northern Ireland, closer to Dublin. But the crowd could not have been more enthusiastic and supportive of Lowry as he stormed to a convincing victory on Sunday. Lowry is easy to like. You might say is an everyman quality, or more specifically, an everyman's physique. Of course, being Irish probably helped him stay calm when the weather rolled in on Sunday. It was the kind of conditions that often define the Open Championship. Nobody was scoring late in the day, but Lowry still had built enough of a lead with that brilliant 63 on Saturday. It was an exciting weekend. Hometown hero Rory McIlroy didn't make the cut, but Lowry's personality in golf made it a satisfying weekend for Northern Ireland. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.